Well, it's a wonderful morning to be with you in Littleton, Colorado. Am I in Littleton? Yes, okay, all right. Uh, <clears throat> being in Littleton, this is my first time being here, but I want to give greetings to you from Crossroads Covenant Church, the church in DeSoto, Texas, that I pastor. I'm so grateful for your pastor, Pastor Carl, inviting us to be here with you today, and for Shannon and for Mark for their hospitality and welcoming us. But I want to bring you greetings, first of all, from not only my church, but the ECC. Our president, John Winrick, served globally, our executive minister, Kurt Peterson, and most of all, from my lovely wife who is sitting here. I know it's hard to pick her out in this crowd, but here she is. This is my <laughs> wife. Rochelle, will you stand, please? As we are here today, I'm so glad to see all of you, and I'm here to talk a little bit about mission, and Praj did a great job. Praj is a fantastic woman who wears many hats. I mean, not little many, but many, like big hats. And she has filled so many shoes and served in so many ways, and I'm so grateful for her to share with me in this time of ministry. Thank you, Praj. We worked together over the years. It was so wonderful to see Peter and Ruthie on your screen. We had a chance to spend time with them when we were in Thailand. As a matter of fact, we stayed with them, and it was just great uh, being with them in Thailand. We went there in 2019. 2019, who remembers 2019? Before everything turned upside down, we were with Peter and Ruthie in Thailand. And it was also good to see uh, the other missionaries that you are supporting. But I want to talk to you today about what we can do to go further. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, all right, all right. Um, I would like to read a passage of scripture with you, uh, for you. And so in honor of the scripture and according to my culture, I'd like to ask for you to stand, please. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we ask that you will guide our time now, that you will guide our hearts, and that you will use us now as we understand what you have to say to us, what you want to do through us, and how you want to bless us. Keep us now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take your seats. I have labeled this sermon Mission Possible. Mission Possible. Mission Possible. In 1965, that's, a lot of you weren't born, but 1965, there was a, a buzz on TV. There was a buzz because a brand new TV show was coming out. This TV show was very interesting because it was filled with mystery. And each week you tuned in because you wanted to find out how it was going to come out. It was filled with mystery because it was always a group of people and you never knew what they were going to do. This group of people were spies, and they were gathered by one leader to carry out a mission. And 
they would carry it out week after week, sometimes with disguises, to fit in with the people who they were among. Well, the name of this TV series became a movie, and many of you know the movie, but I'm talking about the TV series Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible was a gathering of people who didn't look like one another, who weren't the same gender, who weren't the same age group, but they were gathered together to carry out a mission. 2,000 years ago, after Jesus was resurrected from the grave, he gathered these 12 men. He gathered his disciples, people who were not related, people who didn't look like one another, people who had different occupations, and he gathered them together and he said, I have a mission for you. Make disciples. His, his mission was not going, it was making. It was making disciples. You and I have that mission and we're challenged to accomplish this and that is the justification for ministry in the local church. If the church does not have a mission, the mission doesn't have a church. And we don't have a church if we don't have a mission. We gotta have a purpose. We gotta have a following. Mission possible, mission possible. Mission Possible has an assignment. Mission Possible has an assignment. Mission Possible has an assignment. What's that assignment? To make disciples. Disciples of you. Who? Who do we do it with? Well, first of all, our family, right? Then our friends, right? Those people we work with. I keep saying right so you can talk back to me. <laughs> so, it's with our family, it's with our friends, but Jesus didn't say, go make disciples with your family. Jesus didn't say, hey, think about your friends. Look out for your loved ones. Look out for the people who look like you. Look, uh, look out for the people who live like you. No, Jesus said, make disciples of all the nations. Of all the nations. Of all the nations. Of people who are dark-skinned of people whose hair texture is different from yours, of people who live in huts, of people who live in a totally different way that you live. Make disciples of them. That was his command. That's our assignment. Our assignment is not to meet every Sunday morning, not for two hours. We've got 168 hours in a week, and we meet for two hours on Sunday. That's not our assignment. Our assignment is to make disciples. In the grocery store, make disciples. In the nursery, make disciples. In the schoolhouse, make disciples. Wherever you are, make disciples, but make sure that you're including all the nations. All the nations, those nations that are not like you at all. Nations like the Bloods. Nations like the Crips. Nations like the Skinheads. Nations in Kenya in South Africa, in Mozambique, in Thailand, in Colombia, in Japan. Make disciples. We have an assignment. To help you understand this word assignment, I like to use a story from my own life. In my family, I was tasked by my mother to go to the store and get certain items, milk, ketchup, and a few other things. Now, in my time when I grew up, all of those items were in glass bottles. Did I just date myself? 
There was no plastic. There were all glass bottles. I was to go to the store, get those items, and return home. I decided to go to the store, and my mother gave me a very large amount of money because she only had one bill, and she didn't have any change. So I went with this large bill. So I go to the store, and on my way back from the store, my friends are playing basketball. So they say, hey, why don't you play with us? We need another person. And I say, no, I got to go home. So they said, you wimp, you should play basketball with us. Well, I couldn't take that. So I stepped up and I played basketball with them. After a few games, I left and went down the street and some more of my friends were playing baseball. Now, when we played baseball, we played baseball in the street. And so we played baseball in the street, and when a car would come, somebody would holler, C-A-R, car, C-A-R, and we get out the street. Then we go back to our game. I'm playing baseball. I'm up at bat, and my groceries are sitting over here. All of a sudden, car comes, C-A-R, we run out the street, and a guy knocks over my bag. Breaks the milk, breaks the ketchup, breaks everything in my bag, and I go home. My mom says, where are the groceries? I said, they got broke. Why did you take so long? I was detoured. Where's the change? I reached in my pocket and the money was gone. In all of my playing, I had lost the money. So I not only failed to get the groceries, I lost the change. Now, when you live in a family where you need every penny, change is important. But I lost the change and I ruined the groceries. And my mom said these words that I will never forget. I'm very disappointed in you. I gave you one assignment, and you could not carry it out. I'm very disappointed in you. This command to go to make, nation, uh, to make disciples of all nations was not a command just for the original 12 or for the 120 who gathered in Acts. It was for us, the church today. It's an assignment that you and I have. We received it from Jesus Christ himself. Go make Disciples of all the nations. That's our assignment. Amen? Amen? And in that assignment, we can get distracted, but God doesn't want it. He wants us to stay focused. Stay focused on him. I like what Pastor Carl said this morning. Stay focused. Keep our eyes fixed on Christ. And as we keep our eyes fixed on Christ, we can complete that assignment and never have to hear Jesus Christ, who paid such a high price for us, say, I'm disappointed. He loves us and he cares for us. He wants us to be involved in producing new life for Christ. Not bigger buildings, better lives. Mission Possible also has activities. They're listed in the text. Mission Possible has activities. The first activity is baptizing. The second one is teaching. 
When we look at baptizing, baptizo, we know it is total immersion. And it's not just, you know, a dripping, but it's total immersion. Now, we do consecrate our children. We don't immerse them, I hope. But, you know, <laughs> but we do, we do it as a form, as a symbol. I don't think you'd like to have your baby immersed, especially by a person like me, you know, because I can't count. It's like 1,000, 2,000, 3, no, you know, you, you know, you sprinkle, thank you. But what, what we're trying to do is understand what God was saying when he said baptize them. He was talking about totally immersing a person in the faith, totally immersing someone with the gospel, totally immersing someone in the salvific power of Jesus Christ. That's what he was talking about when he's talking about baptizing. He wasn't just talking about how many numbers do you do today? He was talking about how many souls can you impact, fully immersing them so that their feet are not just wet, so that their head is not just wet, because you're making disciples of all the nations. On one of my trips to a country, uh, part of my past was <clears throat> understanding that water is precious. And when you don't have water, sometimes you have to use sand. Totally immersing. So we can get off that kick of, well, we didn't baptize them with water because we have to totally immerse them, what Jesus is saying, in the faith, in the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. When we fully immerse people, we can immerse them in the spirit of God, and it is the spirit of God that gives new life. That's disciples. It's not changing their culture. It's changing their life with the Spirit of God. Allowing the Spirit to change their life. Now, in baptism, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but in baptism, in many cultures, baptism is also a name change. And we don't want to go and give people Christian names. You know, your name is Carl. Your name is Mark now. Your name is Bob. Your name is John. Your name is Jenny. No, no. What we want to do is we want to totally immerse people in the name of Christ, and Christ gives them a new name. Have you not read in Revelation, it says, I have a new name. Have you not read in Revelation, it says, there's a name on him. Have you not read that? <laughs> okay, so when we talk about this activity of teaching, we're talking about providing Instruction in a formal or an informal setting. Instruction. In our past, in our zeal, we have totally blown that. We have totally blown that activity. Because what we have done is we have gone to nations and we've tried to make them American. What we have done in our evangelistic effort is we tried to make them just like us. We've told people who live in tropical areas that they need to wear a three-piece suit, shirt, and tie. We told people that it is uncommon for them to be walking without shoes on. You need to walk like I walk. You need to drive a car like I drive a car. You need to be like me in order to be like Christ. That's not what Paul did. Paul worked with the, with the people he was among, and he lived with them. He lived within the means of the people. He did not exalt himself, nor did he allow them to exalt him because of the color of his skin. No, he said, you don't have to be like me. I don't have more wisdom and knowledge of you. But I, you do need to be like Christ. 
as I need to be like Christ. That's why Paul could say, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't be like me. Don't live like me. Don't dress like me. You don't have to use a knife and fork. Knife and fork is real funny because when I was in Japan, I lived in Japan for a year and a half, and uh, I wasn't a missionary then. I was a musician. So I'm living there, and I went to this particular city. It was called Nikko, very old city in Japan, way up in the mountains. And I get there, and I want to eat, and I'm hungry, I'm starving, and I ask, where's the fork? And they said, fork, forku, forku. And they went all over asking, where's the fork, where's the fork? And there were no forks. That's when I learned how to eat with chopsticks. <laughs> you see, we try to make people... In our teaching, we try to teach them how we have lived instead of what Christ desires for them to live. So we've totally blown that assignment. And I know many of you are saying, why should we try to teach? Uh, Our nation is so great. Our nation is so good. Why shouldn't we try to teach them the benefits of our nation? But that's nationalism. God is talking globalism. God is talking about kingdom. He's not talking about your nation. He's talking about the kingdom. Do you remember in Acts chapter 1, before he ascended, do you remember the disciples came to him and they said, Master, at this time you're going to restore the kingdom back to Israel. You're going to make us great again. Do you remember that? Say yes if you don't. Okay. All right. This is a tough crowd. (laughs) Jesus said, That's none of your business when the kingdom will be restored. That's none of your business. That's God's business. It's God's business who rises up a kingdom and who puts down a kingdom. That's his business. Then he says this, but you will be my disciples first in Jerusalem, then in Judah, then in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Jesus was talking about kingdom domination, not nationalism. And that's why we, the church, his people, the ones he called out, we have to go. We have to go and make disciples of all the nations. Mission possible also has assurance. It also has assurance. It's in the text. When Jesus said, I'm with you always, he was giving us assurance. That's his assurance. Well, I, I want to try to move forward here. Do you all know of a guy named Superman? He had a girlfriend. Her name was Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Not, not a beautiful girl, but she was cute, okay? <laughs> Whenever Lois Lane said, Superman, he was right there. Faster than a speeding bullet. Right? Right? Okay, all right. Okay, so here is Lois in trouble. Never had a weapon in her life. Barely had a vehicle. He flew around wherever she needed to go. But when Lois would get in trouble, trying to do good, she would call out, Superman, and he was right there. Bam. I don't care what else was going on. The bus is falling off the cliff. All the kids are in the bus. They're screaming and hollering. He grabbed the bus and go save Lois. Superman was right there. Jesus says, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That's assurance. 
that whatever you are doing for the kingdom, that when trouble comes, I will be with you. When disappointment comes, I will be with you. I will be with you to lift you. When fear comes, I will be there to shield you, to cover you. Jesus gives the assurance that I am with you. And if he is with us, he is greater than he that's in the world. He gives us that assurance. So as we look at making disciples, we have no fear because he is with us. We have no doubt because he is with us. He's giving us that assurance that I am with you. Isaiah uh, chapter 43 verse 2 says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So when you're over your head, I'll be with you. When you're in the rough waters of life, family discord, a disillusion about finance, I'll be with you. When you're between decisions, difficult to make, it's not a dead end. Why? Because God, the God of Israel, is with us. Amen. Amen. He is with us. He is with us. COVID is not greater than God. He is with us. Finances is not greater than God. He is with us. There is no power that can come against us that he will not shield us. He is with us. And he wants us to take that assurance and to do what he said. To make disciples. To make disciples globally. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? Well, that means that we have to not only be busy about it, but we must prepare. We must prepare the next generation to keep this command. It doesn't end with us. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, what a great legacy to know that God is using them to make disciples. I just left a pastor who told me that his son is going into a a branch of the Navy that I can't say, but he's going into this, and he is so proud because he was a Navy uh, SEAL himself. And so he's so proud that his son is following the legacy. What do you think would happen if we followed the legacy of Christ? If we passed on to our children to serve in global mission, if we pass on to our children to support global mission with our finance, It's good to have the latest game. It's good to have the latest tennis shoes. But what if you use your money for God's glory? Our part in this is to encourage the future generation. The question is not, is God calling me to mission? That's not the question at all. We already know that. The question is, am I responding to God's call? Am I responding to God's call? And I want to make it personal. The question is not, are you called to mission? But the question is, are you responding to God's call? Are you listening to his voice? Are you providing for missionaries who are serving? Are you encouraging others to serve? And are you willing? yourself to say my mission is accomplished 
as the worship team comes forward now, I'd like to encourage you to begin to get the knowledge of the activities of baptism, to begin to gain information on what needs to be taught, not just language, not just culture, but the very facts of the faith. Investigate the nations. I am the regional coordinator for Africa and I serve in seven nations of Africa, but there are over 56, so we still got work to do. We still got work to do in England because there are so many nations that need to make disciples. We still got work to do in Asia. We still have work to do in Latin America. And we have work to do even here in North America. We can make disciples if we answer the call of God. Your, down, your, your donations are great. Your prayers are great. Your service is greater. Would you pray with me? Father, we give you thanks for meeting us today. And God, we pray that you will speak to our hearts again. Remind us of your mission. We have missions in our church. We have this mission to do this, to make this building, to do all that. But God, your mission is greater. Help us to stay focused on your mission because it's possible. In Jesus' name, amen.